Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Name drops have been on hiatus for a little while as we've focused on the election, but today I'm happy to announce we're back with a really inspiring interview. Maritza Garcia is an activist with the Environmental Health Coalition who grew up in Logan Heights and now fights for cleaner air in her neighborhood. She's also an artist who makes crochet clothing and sculptures, and she's a new mom. In this conversation, Maritza shares what it was like to grow up in Barrio Logan and Logan Heights, where soot can pile up on surfaces and children experience asthma at higher rates. She also talked about the life-giving nature of art and how her life has changed since becoming a parent. Here's our conversation. Maritza, thank you so much for joining me on the San Diego News Fix. Um, I first heard about you when I read this really powerful essay that you wrote for the opinion section about your life experience growing up in Logan Heights um, and getting into activism because of that. And so uh, just for background for listeners, I I was hoping you could tell people a little bit about about your upbringing. Yeah, so uh, my name is Maritza. I grew up in Logan Heights. I am second generation. Um, My parents both grew up here and my grandparents lived here for kind of like the later years of their life. Um, It's been honestly a whirlwind of emotions I get when I talk about Logan for a couple of reasons. One, it's so such a beautiful neighborhood. It's super like enriched in community and there's so much culture and just all of that positivity that you can get out of knowing your neighbors and being friends. And when you need something, everyone gets together. Like that all happens here in Logan, which I love. But then there's also the negativity of being heavily overpolluted, of um, just lawmakers not really caring about our livelihood and allowing for all of these things to be intertwined like industry and community and breathing all the pollution that it brings, um, having a freeway split a neighborhood. So now Logan Heights isn't known as one big Logan Heights. It's Barrio Logan and Logan and Sherman and all of these other neighborhoods that are smaller that now you don't feel as big of a community as it once was, um, which definitely is something that we're trying to change already. So I think that because I'm so passionate about what Logan is and what it used to be and what it can potentially be is why I became an activist. I just speak of what I want to see my future neighborhood to look like. And that unfortunately requires a lot of fight to change laws and to change policies, but that's why I'm here now. Yeah, I mean, something that struck me about your essay was uh, just the imagery and like your description of things you've gone through. Like you mentioned like soot gathering on the mailboxes and like you can't grow vegetables because the air is too polluted and all the kids in your school had asthma and your mom had actually a health scare. Is she is she doing okay? And I guess when did you realize this stuff wasn't normal and wasn't going to be acceptable to you? That was a really hard thing uh, because growing up, all of that stuff seemed normal. The constantly having to clean inside and out um, because there is a layer of black suit, like you've mentioned everywhere. Um, Always having to like rinse off dishes before uh, using them to cook, even though you just washed them because again, there's all that stuff. Um, Having my friends constantly in the doctor's office, the nurse's office, uh, having 
um, nursing aides that actually were in our class because a certain student required that extra care. All of these things were normal to me because that's what I grew up with. It wasn't until I think after high school that I really, or I should say in the middle of high school towards the end and then uh, afterwards meeting people from different neighborhoods and talking to them and kind of explaining my upbringing and them looking at me with this really crazy expression like, that's normal to you and, and that's when I'm more and more I, I realized this shouldn't be normal like it, it's yeah that's not normal that, that's weird that I don't have the same experience as everyone else and um, it just got me you know questioning more and more and I ended up fortunately being able to come into contact with different uh, people that had that same passion eventually I found the environmental health coalition which really boosted me to be able to use my voice for the positive. Um, but prior to that, like my mom being sick, um, when I was in middle school is I think when she had her first surgery and she had two uh, in total um, and was told she couldn't have any more for that. So essentially they have to go in and scrape out her sinuses to be able to alleviate all that pressure so that she can breathe properly and with a little bit more ease. Um, after the second time, they said that they couldn't do it anymore because I was scraping too much off and it was going to have even more health complications. So now she's so used to, even before the pandemic, having to wear a mask every single time that it gets slightly cool in the air or there's a breeze, because otherwise she gets really bad, um, um, like struggling to breathe and she needs to go and use a nebulizer or she has an inhaler. Um, and it's just, it sucks because it hit her a little bit more later in life. I believe that growing up, she had some health problems like every, you know, like a normal kid, well, at least normal in our neighborhood, I guess, where we would get sick every once in a while. But uh, it wasn't until she was a little bit older um, that it really hit hard. And it's just one of those things where now it's like a constant medical bill. She always you know, having to go to the doctors um, to make sure that she's fine. And it's, it's, it's a headache, it's a financial strain, and it's just sucks that it, it kind of really happened because of the neighborhood that she grew up in. I mean, other than it being beautiful, like that's, you know, it just, it sucks in that manner. Yeah. I mean, that's really scary, you know, when your loved one has a health problem. Um, but I know that also turned to anger for you, you know, and that's why you started fighting back. Like, how did you find, you know, your way to activism and how did you start fighting back? Um, well, I've always been a pretty vocal person. Um, when I didn't like something or I thought something wasn't right, I would speak up. But it just sucked that I never knew the right people to speak up to. You know, I, I would complain to my friends, to other neighbors that were in the same struggle, but we would just kind of go back and forth. And so nothing really got done. A uh, couple of years ago, I believe it was 20, end of 2019, 2020, um, that I stumbled upon the Environmental Health Coalition. And it was just a post that they did on Instagram that I responded to and uh, the community organizer for Logan reached back to me and kind of had a little back and forth um, and invited me. So there's a, a community action team that we do monthly and it's essentially a two hour meeting or I think an hour and a half. And we get together, we get updated on different things that are happening in the neighborhood. If there is a um, 
meeting that needs like public comments or there's an action that needs to be done to stop a certain um, corporation from doing something, that's where we get all the information. And so I started attending those meetings and was surprised at how many things are happening in my neighborhood that I did not know about. Um, and those things are like big corporations coming in, um, policies being changed to better or worsen our um, like health and air quality. And all of these things are being done without the um, input of the community because again, it's very hard for the community to really know about them. Once I started attending those meetings and once I started making public comments, I realized that my voice was actually changing things. Uh, after certain meetings, uh, there was times where like my comment, I was told later on like, oh, well that actually was, it, that came up again in the discussion and, and stuff. And so that really empowered me to wanna keep doing that and to keep speaking up because I realized that, yeah, I am kind of making some change and it just makes me really happy, um, especially now, once I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I'm a, a new mom, so she's six months old now, um, it just gave me that extra push. Like now the future was something I, you know, I looked forward to, but now it's, an, it's more than just my future, it's her future too. And like that whole generation, the next one is wanting or needing us to fight so that they can fight a little less. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's so inspiring, you know, how you decided to make a difference and have been making one. Um, you know, what are the top things, you know, that need to happen to improve uh, the situation, uh, air pollution situation in your neighborhood? So one big thing that recently happened, and um, I hope that it does change, is the way the zoning is in our neighborhood. Prior to um, this new planning update, the, um, the Barrio Logan Planning Group created a new layout of what can be uh, built in certain areas of the neighborhood. So before that, industry and neighborhood residential were able to be intertwined. So you can have your next door neighbor be like a metal plating company that has all of this debris and chemicals and all of you know pollution right next door so you're breathing that constantly like you can't escape it on a hot day you feel like you can't really open a door or a window because you know you're letting more of that in and that was totally acceptable for our neighborhood and that is what had like that's what a lot of pollution the pollution has happened not to mention the port that's right our next door neighbor which brings you know a lot more things um, the constant uh, diesel trucks that are going through the neighborhood, all that stuff, all that is, it adds to the pollution that we live in. Um, and with this new, this new update, it's actually creating that a buffer zone is what we call it. So there's going to be a couple of, of blocks zone that it's commercial only. So no one can live there. No one can create, but it's, you know, it's like grocery stores or different things of that nature. That's commercial zoning so that we can separate our residents from that pollution and make it a little less. Um, we also are trying to minimize the amount of diesel trucks that run through our neighborhood by you know, uh, recommending that they go electric and actually having goals to make uh, electric vehicles be the, the norm for um, that type of transport. 
that's going to help us greatly because honestly, the, the particulate matter that comes out of the diesel trucks is what really builds up in our lungs. It's what's less noticeable um, to the naked eye, but it's what's most impactful in our body, uh, especially over time. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why it took so long for my mom to really get a lot of those health issues is because it was all those years of buildup and now it's finally catching up to her, you know, and, and that's something that it's not just her unique story. It's the common story of all of our residents. Uh, it's the reason why our neighborhood has the highest rate of um, emergency visits for respiratory issues or asthma related issues. And it's just so common. And we, it sucks that I talk about it so like easily. It comes like, you know, just rolls off of my tongue because I speak of it so much. But the thing is, is that it needs to be spoken of. That's a, a thing that we had, um, like we lacked in the past is didn't have a way to speak about this or didn't have the confidence to really talk about our issues for others to know about it. The more exposure we're having, I think it's, making it slightly easier for us to get these policies changed because now more eyes are being are, are looking at them and that's something that we need we need to just continue to um spread the word and get that support to then make these changes yeah thank you for sharing that story um before we move on i just want to ask like how can the community help you know what kind of support do you need what would be helpful um in terms of what listeners can do the more, like I said, the more exposure and the more support is um, the best thing for us. Uh, if you live in Logan, um, I would definitely reach out to the Environmental Health Coalition and get into those community action team meetings that we hold monthly. Um, they are in person now, but we also provide food and some drinks, uh, you know, refreshments for the members to not have to really worry about having to go eat dinner, you know, after the meeting. So we try to make it a little more convenient. Um, if you are not from Logan, there are other community action teams, I believe in Sunny's, I mean, uh, City Heights, National City. But even if you don't live in those neighborhoods, just having people with, um, the same goal as wanting us to breathe properly, wanting us to have a good quality of life, come and make uh, comments at meetings and um, stay informed on what the different policies that are, you know, being in place in our neighborhood and just really getting that, not just like spiritual or like connection, uh, uh, emotional support of that, but actual physical support of speaking up for us. Because the more that people say this isn't right, they shouldn't live this way. I feel that that's gonna be a, a smoother way of being able to get these things changed. Yeah, awesome, well said. Um, well, I have a surprise lightning round for you, which is just some random questions to get to know you better. Uh, the first one, and excuse the construction, I don't know if you can hear it, there's some hammering next door, but um, what are you watching right now on TV or Netflix? Uh, so I am binge watching Naruto again, <laughs> uh, which is an anime. Ah. Um, my daughter is actually named after a character. And so I'm like watching it with her, even though she's only six months old. I'm pretty sure she doesn't completely <laughs> understand what's going on, but she likes all the action that's going on. Uh, so that's been my biggest binge, except for 
there's times where I can't crochet and read at the same time. So I have to watch something else when I'm doing, like when I have to get work done. Um, I like the Mass Singer and like Lego Masters, all those competition creative shows yeah. um, really spark an interest in me because I'm a very creative person. Wait, what is your daughter's name? That's amazing. Her name is Hinata. Okay. Which, and that's from uh, it? Yeah, so in the the uh, anime, Naruto is the main character. Hinata is one of, um, spoiler alert if no one's ever seen it, but she ends up becoming his his wife. She has a crush on him the whole time and they're complete polar opposites. He's like this really crazy kid and she's like super shy and like unsure of herself. And uh, But the name, is, I think it's beautiful. It's so and beautiful. it means a sunny place or that's one of the meanings for it. So it just really interested us. <laughs> That's gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is the first CD you ever bought? Or tape or record? You're not old enough for a record. <laughs> <I'm not old> <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, the first CD I ever bought, I cannot remember because I burned all my CDs. <laughs> Good answer. I don't think the kids oh. know what burned means these days. Have you have you tried to discuss this with anybody that's younger? They're like, what's a burned CD? What's even a CD? Yeah, it is sometimes very depressing to talk to people. I have an old car and I, I don't have automatic windows. Like you roll it up and I took my niece and nephew somewhere one day and I had to explain to them that that's how you roll down the window. And uh, my nephew was so stoked off of it. He was like, I wish my car did this. <laughs> he has a nice BMW, like, you know, and he wanted this 93 Corolla windows. That so, is so amazing. It's really funny. Um, I think that maybe the first CD I ever bought. Or, uh, or it can just be like. Seeds. I don't okay. know if you know that band. It's actually a local uh, reggae band. They're from Chula Vista. Um, I was super obsessed with them in high school. And I think that that was probably the first CD I bought. That Yeah, because prior to that, like I said, it was, I burned all my CDs. Um, and they were always like oldies and like lowrider oldies and doo-wop and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite food? Or foods. I know it's hard to choose one. So if I was super rich, I'd probably eat sushi all the time because I love sushi. Same. Um, but that's expensive. So <laughs> I think the mm, spaghetti is my favorite food. Mm, nice. That was my favorite food growing up. Oh, I heard your baby. She can say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's... <laughs> really fighting this nap. <laughs> um, what? Okay. Just a couple more of these. And I want to ask you some questions about your art and also about being a new mom. Uh, but I guess final one, what is your perfect San Diego day? So you have a day off, you get to do all your favorite things in the city. What is it that you, you would do? I feel like my answer has definitely changed since becoming a mom because um, so I'm going to answer this like if before I was a mom, because that that would have been a little easier, perfect day. Um, it would probably be getting up and going to get breakfast at the Mission Cafe, because that's one of my favorite spots. And then going to Morley Field to play disc around a disc golf with my husband um, and then probably going then up the street to get sushi at our favorite spot. Um, it's called Psycho Sushi down on University Avenue. 
and then ending it at the brewery that we basically lived at prior, which is uh, called Thorn Brewery. Um, uh, but we go to the one that's here in Logan. So it's down on National Avenue. That'd probably be like the perfect. That's an awesome day. I love all of those spots. And the Thorn Brewery there is amazing. Like that space and that view and the beers, obviously. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I then we might have ran into each other prior right we can still make it happen that too (laughs) they are having their five-year anniversary this sunday oh really two to seven yeah oh wow okay well you just planned my sunday i'm definitely gonna stop by that um well what is your what is your day now that you're a new mom it would probably consist of like having her wake up and then go right back to take another nap so that i can have peace till like (laughs) nine in the morning and maybe have breakfast. <laughs> um, and then we would have breakfast, go walk to um, the coffee shop up the street, which is Mixed Grounds. That is where all of her besties work. And it's really fun to just go and hang out because they fight to like take her. And so I get to have kind of like free childcare while they all hang out with my daughter and I'm there crocheting and getting some work done and having a coffee without having little hands try to take it away um and then come back hang out outside with some like tummy time while the dogs play wait till dad gets home from work and then maybe take like an evening walk at the park Hmm. I love it that sounds like a beautiful day too it is it's just (laughs) way different a little less drinking a lot less drinking <laughs> and a little more responsibility of having a, a, a little kid that you need to take care of. Oh, but that you love so much. Um, so obsessed with her. So tell me more. You mentioned you're crocheting a couple times. I know you have your own art and design business. How did you get into crocheting and, and what does your business entail? I learned to crochet when I was roughly 10 years old. My mom taught me um, prior to this she my mom is a very crafty person she paints draws crochets sews any honestly anything that requires you to make like random materials into something she does which I love it she's like my biggest inspiration um as to what I make me wanting to be a crafty person so at around age 10 um I kind of got fed up with always seeing her making stuff while watching tv and I was just kind of like sitting there doing nothing so I, I I had enough and I told her hey mom can you teach me how to crochet and I think that that was like one of the best days because she just got super happy and the next day we went to the the craft store I went to Joanne's and she took me to the yarn section she's like okay pick whatever skein you want and we're gonna make a project and got me my own first hook and it was it was awesome. Since then, I kind of haven't put down a, a hook and um, ball of yarn. I was affectionately known as grandma from my friends in high school because <laughs> at the skate park, while they were all skating, I was sitting there crocheting <laughs> in the corner um, or reading a book because I used to always love reading Harry Potter too. Um, but I just, it got me through so many things. I started getting anxiety um, in high school, mainly uh, riding public transportation. I went to school in downtown. So the trolleys and buses would honestly get so packed and I would get really antsy, but I was able to crochet and kind of zone everything out and it helped a lot. And after a while, I just, you know, I would, I would always give my things to people. I would just, uh, 
make things for friends for their birthdays or um you know a a special event once my friends started having kids and it was like always a baby blanket for them or something like that and people would every once in a while like oh you should sell this but I had a big fear of selling my stuff because I didn't want it to then become uh more of a job than a passion and um it wasn't until the pandemic hit that I actually finally took that that leap of faith and was like I'm gonna make this a business and hope for the best and um so far it's been pretty good there has been some hiccups it is very difficult to um put yourself out there in the sense of like when I crochet like I crochet my heart and soul into all of my products and sometimes when you're vending and someone comes by and they might compliment it and then they they ask the price you say something that personally I undervalue a lot of my work um I don't even really pay myself minimum wage after, you know, materials and stuff. And then people still like, oh, that's how much and walk away. Like it, it, it has a little sting to it, but that's what it is. It's my passion. So it's something that I can't really stop doing, uh, even if I wanted to. And um, yeah, so I crochet kind of a little bit of everything. My biggest staple that I'm pretty known for is uh, these nopales. I actually crochet a whole bunch of little pieces and sew it together to make a uh, nopal. Um, now I've ventured out to different kind of cacti and plants too, not just the traditional uh, nopal, but um, I paint terracotta pots and they're all individually unique. And um, that kind of came from me being tired of killing all of my plants or seeing <laughs> my plants die in my home, because again, it's not that easy to uh keep plants alive in this neighborhood um and this was just I loved it because I it was a project that I had an idea on my way to school I was on the trolley and I just started I never actually write down my patterns and this was the first time that I had that goal of I want to reproduce this so I need to you know write it down so that I can replicate it and um it became something that everyone loves. It's my most sold product. And it's just so dope that it's came out of my head. You know, it wasn't something that like I made, I found a pattern and then I altered it or I copied or I made that pattern and sold it. It's something that came from my head from just nopales are really important to me because it's, there's nopales everywhere in this neighborhood. I grew up with a nopal in the back of my house. Uh, My grandma just always would like, you know, cut it up. And even when I was little and I didn't like eating it, she's like, you're going to eat this. So um, <laughs> it's just something that really ties me to like my family and my, my neighborhood. And yeah. the fact that it's again, the most sold item, it's just, it's super cool. That's really beautiful. And uh, definitely the idea of a plant you can't kill has to have a lot of appeal to a lot of people. I'm going to plug so you many here. People. The holidays yeah. are coming up. Like this is, this is a good gift, you know, a plant you can't kill. Um, but that's really cool that it, I didn't, I didn't realize that before talking to you. That's cool. It has like an emotional aspect to not just with your family history, but like your mental health, you know, as well. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, I I tell people crochet saved me. It's just like, I don't see myself ever not crocheting. I might, I one day not make it a business anymore because again, it does get hard to try to keep up with the demand of people wanting certain things and, especially with social media like other 
people that have more time to maybe crochet or they're quicker, they make it look so easy. And so everyone sees it and they're like, oh, make this for me or can or like, you know, and I have so many things going on that I can't really commit to that. Like I mm -hmm. had a, a sweater that I was making for someone and luckily she was so patient, another fellow artist and understood that I quoted her like I was going to make it in two months and it took me nine plus months. And uh, it was definitely, it was during the time that I was still pregnant with her and then like towards the end of my pregnancy. So, you know, then I had her, but it, not everyone's going to have that patience. And then that's what gets discouraging every once in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I remind myself that crocheting saved me and it's amazing and I, I can't not do it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are, what are you working on now? Um, I have so many things. I have this wallet kind of clutch situation that my sister requested. Um, that is something I'm, it's been trial and error. Um, I also am trying to just continuously fill my table for my vending events. So like plushies are really big. I've been trying to make different plushies. Uh, I'm currently making some raccoons since the uh, logo for Thorn is a raccoon. Yeah, and cute. I'm going to be vending for their event this Sunday. So wanted to have a couple of those. Um, I, I always have like 10 different works in progress. <laughs> I, it's honestly so bad. And um, there's a, a kind of sweater cardigan that I've been needing to finish for my husband for the past year I feel so bad he's the one that gets the least amount of crocheted Aww. items to get the most but he always goes in the background because I'm like I live with you like you know you'll get it eventually you'll get it and right yeah um awesome well just as a final question to you if if you want to plug anything you know if people want to get involved uh in in your activism or find you on Instagram to look at some of your designs where should they go so for my designs and if you want to ever see what I actually make or find me uh, vending, um, Maritza is awesome designs. It's a little long, but that is my, my name. Um, if you want to know more about what I do in terms of activism, um, the Environmental Health Coalition page, I think it's EHC San Diego. I, let me, yep, I was right, EHC San Diego. Um, would be where you can find out the things that I'm doing through that. Mm, yeah, honestly, if you ever want to run into me, I'm always in Logan. I am. <laughs> I I don't leave my neighborhood for the most part. So you can all the places I mentioned: Mixed Grounds, Thorn Brewery, just Logan Avenue in general, Chicano Park. You you will most likely find me there. <laughs> awesome. Well, I look forward to running into you, and and thank you so much again for sharing your story. This has been really awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the space to, to share. And this is really fun. Thank you again to Maritza Garcia and thank you for listening. If there's someone in town you would like to get to know better, drop me a line. I'm at christy.totten at sduniontribune.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y dot T-O-T-T-E-N at sduniontribune.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>